What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, today we're dialoguing on the black pill, and we're starting right now with our incel guest, Nate's opening statement. Thanks so much, Nate, for being here. The floor is all yours. Thank you, James. Hi, my name's Nate. I go by Poopy Man's online. It's just a gamer tag. Don't worry about that. That's not why I'm an incel. Um, when I came on here, I was worried I was going to have to defend the right pill and stuff. Thankfully, I don't. I don't buy into that stuff. I'm an insult by definition specifically. I think there's some problems within the community and it has been claimed by those people, but by definition, it's more like people like me and you can be a girl too, being an insult. It's the problems with it. Sorry. There are some problems with people getting into relationships more and more recently but it's not specifically because we're genetically inferior it's more systemic issues such as people being raised easier through when they have more money they get to have more about the talk with relationships they don't have to worry about having a job and stuff and selling themselves as hard it's Sorry, it's just first time I haven't, I rehearsed a couple times. I'm just shy. Oh, I think that's mainly all I wanted to say. I yield my time. You got it. Thanks for being here, Nate. And we're going to kick it over to Nama and want to let you know, folks, tonight is more of a dialogue. So it's more exploratory. Our guests will kind of feel it out in terms of what positions they hold. And it may be that they want to add something or subtract something in terms of the positions they hold. Just want to let you know that as well as we're going to kick it over to Nama for opening statement as well. And both of our guests are linked in the description. And that includes if you're listening to Modern Day Debate via the Modern Day Debate podcast, we put our guest links in the episode description box for the Modern Day Debate podcast as well. And so with that, Nama, thanks for being here. And the floor is all yours. Thank you. Um, So like Nate, uh, I guess I don't have a a, a clearly defined position as far as being for or against the black pill. So I guess that probably puts us in a a good position to talk with each other. Um, I talk to incels. I listen to incels a lot on my podcast called Incel, which I'm not going to pitch too feverishly as, you know, it is linked. Um, And so I'm pretty familiar with the content of various incel beliefs or ideologies, though many incels themselves would say that the black pill is not an ideology and certainly not a coherent one and incels aren't a monolith. And I think that that's true. So it's been described to me as a a collection of of studies, basically, that kind of confirm a certain point of view. And studies are studies, right? They're data. A lot of it comes from dating apps and from social media, as well as kind of evolutionary psychology theories that are just that, they're theories. 
And some of it's sound, some of it's less sound. Some of it, I think, is just, it's while it's right, it's more a reflection of certain societal trends than it is of human nature. And I just think that sometimes it's kind of like missing the forest for the trees. You know, um, these things are true to an extent, but um, to give sort of a mathematical formula for what happens as a result of factors A, B, or C, I think that, you know, life and, and human behavior is a lot murkier than that. There's a lot more sort of gray areas, and those are important to consider when, you know, um, making your way in the world. So, gotcha. yeah, basically, I just think it's more nuanced than that. That's all. <laughs> you got it. Thank you very much, both of you. And so just to, you say, clarify for anybody who might be new to the topic of incel or the black pill, if either of you wants to define it in particular, you could say the core tenets of incel and whether or not you're sympathetic toward any of them. And we'll kind of see, and like I said, just kind of feeling this out, whether or not there's any actual disagreement and so I'll kick it over to you for the open discussion. But do want to let you know, folks, we are absolutely thrilled for many upcoming debates here. For example, the bottom right of your screen, deplatform or debate controversial topics such as the black pill. That debate between Tom Jump and Demon Mama will be next Monday. You don't want to miss it, folks. So do hit that subscribe button and that notification bell as it's going to be epic next Monday. And so with that, we'll jump into the open dialogue. And so as mentioned... Incel in a nutshell, if you guys are willing to kind of define it for those who might be new to it. Yeah, I can define it pretty easily. Um, there's two different definitions. The main, either you mean involuntary celibate as just someone that wants to have sex but can't, or you mean the community of involuntary celibates that were subscribed to the subreddit, such as the red pill or the black pill. Those two have two very different connotations. I'm part of the first half, not the latter. When you're in the second half, there is a legitimate problem of radicalization to harmful ideas. It's the best way to describe what they believe is like, they're like black KKK members. They think that they are the, they're genetically inferior. They can't get a date because of their chin structure and all this weird stuff. I, it's not good. Oh. <laughs> You can talk, Neymar. Take it from there? Okay, sure. Um, yeah, so that's that's a really important distinction, I think, that uh, needs to be made. Is is someone an incel, an involuntary celibate, meaning they meet the criteria? And even that has, um, there's some dispute over what the criteria are. You know, um, according to some people, it's inability to have a sexual or romantic relationship for a certain amount of time you know, six months or more, for instance, for some people it's ever, for some people that are a bit more, I guess, purist about it, you have to be a virgin, you know, to be an incel. Some people believe that um, only uh, straight men can be incels. Some people believe that it can be women too, etc. cetera. Um, so, so there's that, there's just that sort of basic criteria as you define. And many people would fit into that definition, including almost everyone under a certain age, right? If we go by that definition. Um, the other definition is another one that has gradients, I would say. Um, and I think you rightly described it as a community, whether you belong to the community of incels, which generally means you participate in one of the fora, either sort of incels.is or some of the subreddits, though most of those have been banned by now, or Love Shy, or Forever Alone, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and in my opinion, that's a community um, or a self-identification, you know, someone who uh, sort of self-identifies that way. But even people that do, even among that group, there are those that are more kind of fanatical about it and take it in a darker direction to where they believe that it really is um, a, a sort of luck of, of fate and immutable traits, and you can't possibly ascend if you're born a certain way. There are those that believe that 
women being evil and manipulative and hypergamous by nature uh, or feminism is the leading cause of inseldom. And then there are those very few, the black pill I want to sort of emphasize does not call for violence in any way, but there's sort of a very few that uh, believe that, you know, a beta uprising or something is a solution. So that's kind of where the different definitions um, you know, really sort of can blend over each other. You got it. And is there, well, a couple of things. One is if you want to, just for anybody who might be new to the, the term in the context of the in, kind of incel black pill stuff, what hypergamy would refer to, if either of you is willing to give a quick definition of that, just in case somebody had heard that by, would it be fair to say that it's a core tenant of the black pill, namely this kind of hypergamy ranked, you could say, cranked up? I'd say it, it, it's a pretty significant theme that comes up. And hypergamy is basically, it's a sociological term um, that refers to the nature of women specifically to marry up. So, you know, women will partner, mate, marry up in terms of social status. Um, it's actually not the black pill or incels or the manosphere that coined this term. It's been around for over a hundred years. I think it started in India in the caste system, but it sort of refers to this um, tendency for women to kind of select their their mates in order to secure their own social standing, comfort, financial status, etc. Gotcha. Yeah. Go ahead. Um. When it comes to that, obviously they're going to do it because they can. If guys could easily do it, they would probably do it too. It's not really a thing that you can just solve by saying, oh, stay man, day girlfriends or stuff like that. And that's where I lose them. Where it's not really like a nature. It's that of women. It's the nature of this money will give me more of a chance to live. Let me get that higher social status. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's also kind of, it's both culturally and societally uh, kind of evolved to be that way. And to some degree, you know, maybe biologically too, in that women are usually the primary caregivers for children. And in the past, up until fairly recent history, women, didn't have agency, they didn't have financial independence, they didn't have social, upward social mobility, uh, except for in their partnerships and marriages. So that's where it originates. And I agree that, you know, when, when and if the tables turn a bit, then, you know, men might start <laughs> doing it a bit more too. And I think that one of the grievances a lot of incels or those in the manosphere have is that women continue to be this way and select this way despite having increased agency and increased sort of socioeconomic standing independently. And I do see that that is, uh, that can be a problem. Gotcha. Is there, in terms of kind of the black pill position, is there anything to which either of you would say, you know, I think there is truth to this, at least in part, regarding this idea X, Y, or Z? Well, it's mainly the foundation of it's being more and more harder nowadays for guys to get into relationships. While it's not for the reasons that they state, it's more so because of the commodification of everything, mainly love with apps such as Tinder and whatnot. It's and it's not the liberation of women. The liberation of women makes it easier because it means that girl that you like and she, she likes you, she's not going to wait for you to say, hey, I like you. She can come up and say, I like you, and it won't be weird. Right. And she's also not going to necessarily wait until, you know, you have uh, several horses and several hundred acres of land or whatever to, to give her, to offer her um, in, in marriage. So yes, you know, I agree with that. I think that there are many things I agree with in the black pill. There are some that are just indisputable, like some of the 
data, you know, that I mentioned from these studies about sort of female mate selection and just for me, at least, it's what I mostly agree with is the idea that human beings are locust by nature. I think it, it's silly to argue that or to dismiss that. Yes, you know, people might be able to overcome it to some degree and people do overcome it, especially over time. But what initially the, uh, people I'm so sorry to interrupt Nama, but sorry. what was the word that what was the word you used? Was it Lucas? Lucas, yeah. Well, can you say more? And I think you had said regarding the I think you're alluding to the idea of the hypergamy. Just because uh like I said, some people being new to this subject. Could you expand sure. it even more? Yeah. Lookist, like, you know, sexist, ageist, racist, just judging on appearance. So that human beings judge other human beings on their appearance and that people that are deemed attractive by and large enjoy more of the perks of society. There are studies about, you know, the respective heights of CEOs for instance, or, or men in, in sort of power positions um, and studies that were conducted basically just, you know, on job hiring and all kinds of things uh, based on a participant's ranked attractiveness. Um, so I think that that's kind of intuitive to know that to some degree people do that. Um, there's also the concept of well, it's, in, in my opinion, they look at, at um, the data from dating apps a lot and see, you know, what women select, you know, what kind of chances they're at for mating. The basic idea being that um, women are more selective than men, which is true. Uh, then they'll look at studies like the one about, you know, the increasing number of young people who are not having sex or in relationships that we've seen over the last 10 years that's really kind of skyrocketed. And I think that these things are mostly the result, in my opinion, of, of technology and social media and the way that those things have progressed to where people are seeing sort of an increasingly narcissistic, superficial, shallow um, version of each other and of themselves to compare to and connecting less in real life. You know, everyone has to, if you're gonna use a dating app, then the first thing you see is a small, possibly Photoshopped or facetuned image of someone and then decide to dismiss or not from there. So I think that's that's got a lot to do with it. But I would agree that those are problems that we are seeing increasing rates of, of loneliness and lack of sexual contact in younger people and there are reasons for that basically super interesting uh nate if you want to say something go ahead otherwise i was just going to say a fascinating thinking about like what this means in terms of like you're saying not just dating in terms of the way in which people date may be influenced in the context of being like let's say on apps it's maybe like more looks oriented or it kind of has this tinge of judging a book by its cover more is that like roughly speaking maybe what you're saying yeah, yeah. And with social media in general, like things like Facebook and Instagram and everything where everyone sees just a very curated and also very doctored up um, image of each other. Uh, women, young women, for instance, nowadays, it's very in fashion to wear a lot of makeup and contour in ways that really change your appearance, um, almost like it's designed for the purpose of Instagram rather than real life. So it's just we are interacting with each other differently. We're meeting each other in different ways and on different terms. And, and the way that we're meeting is based on a very kind of flattened 2D social media version. Oh, interesting. And Nate, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Okay. It's okay. Um, to chime in on the social media thing, when it comes to the look spacing, those things are done on purpose. It's easier to tell people on the idea of the dating app if they see a lot of buff hot guys or a bunch of cool-looking girls. They also understand that to experience that guys are more insecure about their relationship status due to them having a lot more competition than usual because 
of a lot of the systemic issues we were talking about earlier. So they're going to make it so it's easier for guys, good-looking guys to get matches and good-looking girls to get matches, but make it harder for people like me to get those kinds of swipes because they understand that we're more likely to cave in and buy the premium membership so we can see who matched with us and have unlimited likes and all that cool stuff. If they wanted to make it, yeah. If they wanted to, they could make it so we have like an intro video to express our personality a bit better than just like a line of text and what we look like. Gotcha. So you're saying you're kind of in agreement in terms of this exacerbating of the kind of look the lookest kind of mentality in the dating world. Yeah, but it's not inherent to like the social media. If they wanted to make it more towards our personalities and whatnot, they could easily make a dating app like that. It's just not what's going to make the most money because that's how the world works. We do what makes money, not what's best for the world. Really interesting. Thanks for that, Nate. Now, one question. This is a one that I have to ask if you don't mind, because this is one of the more interesting topics we've had in a while. So I'm a lot more involved than usual and I can't help but ask. So Nate, this is interesting that you actually would say you're not by, you could say philosophy or position, whatever you want to call it. Um, you would say though, you're not black pill, uh, whatever you want to call it. Like I said, and at the same time, though, you would say, like, I, I would call myself an incel, which seems almost, uh, I'm just, I guess I'm, I'm like figuring out how it works, where I would have thought that only a person who believed in the black pill philosophy, so to speak, maybe you don't want to call it philosophy, whatever you want to call it, I would have thought only those people would have said, you know, that, you know, I'm an incel, for example, that would have used that term. And I'm, so I'm curious about how that works from your position. Okay, well, it's pretty simple. It's, the word existed before the community. They kind of just took the word around the same time when Pepe, they were trying, the right wing communities were trying to take Pepe. They didn't work with Pepe, but it did work with Incel because like no one used it even when it was a thing because it was way easier to just say, I'm a virgin or whatnot. So essentially, I would say it's a philosophy, but yeah, no, I don't subscribe to it, but by literal definition, I am that. I hope to reclaim the word so it's not just like this harmful thing that people believe in. I see. So you're wanting to bring a more, being a more, you're a congenial fellow. You're you're a reason, you know, you're easygoing, you're easy to get along with. And so you're saying by uh, being a more normal, I don't know, what was it, what, by uh, <laughs> trying to have a positive attitude and identifying as incel, you're trying to like alleviate the kind of stigma that might be around it. Is that what, roughly speaking? Uh, give or take, yeah. Gotcha. Okay, thanks for clarifying that. That's interesting. And But I didn't want to interject too much. So, Nama, if you had anything to say as well, if either of you did, feel free to jump in with any sort of ideas you wanted to share. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there are, uh, you know, Nate is reasonable. <laughs> I think there are a lot of a lot of incels more, more often than, than not, um, at least the ones I talk to, and there might be some selection bias there because these are individuals who are interested in, in and willing to come on my show, you know, which already might kind of, like I said, bias that sample a bit. But um, the majority of, of incels are not um, ideologically possessed, you know, negative, angry hate mongers. Uh, there are varying degrees of grievances and sort of of adherence to the idea that one might be doomed to a certain fate because of their looks or you know whatever else it might be um but the majority aren't and there are many incels i've had you know on recently even that come from uh, all across the political spectrum you know one recently that even identified as a feminist so yeah they're there are a lot of people like that. You got it. Thank you. And then, so is there anything that either of you, because would kind of say, I do think, I know this is, it's putting you on the spot. Both of you are either of you. If either of you had anything where you'd have to say, I got to hand it to the black pill, they may get a lot wrong, but they get one thing right. Uh, and Nama, you already named one. Namely, you said, well, maybe not in its entirety, but you said that you think there's at least some truth to the idea that 
for example, the lookist, you could say that there's such a thing as lookist ism, uh, which is akin to like sexism or racism. Like there's this kind of favoritism for people who are good looking that is probably relatively unacknowledged compared to the other isms. So that I think is like pretty persuasive. Are, is there anything else, whether it be from Nate as well, that you would say, you're like, oh, you know, I got to kind of say, I do think that there is some truth to this. I would say that I agree that there's some truth to the idea that societally, after decades and centuries and millennia of really being misogynistic, um, there has been sort of an emergence of what I would call misandric behavior and talk, you know, that that's geared against men or discriminatory toward men that is socially acceptable now. That was one of the first things I was told by one of the first incels I spoke to that really hooked me, that made me interested in, in listening to more. It's that it's okay, it's sort of socially acceptable to say things like men are trash in female spaces. Um, and it's not okay to say things in the reverse, you know? So there's kind of an epistemic privilege thing going on where I do think that that leaves many young men, especially feeling kind of marginalized or like their, their pain isn't substantial, isn't real, doesn't matter. And I think that's problematic. And then I, I also think there's some truth to some of the theories that certain behaviors or tendencies are not just culturally driven, but biologically driven. That's kind of the main main thing, I would say. Gotcha. Okay. Thanks, Dama. Nate, I, I, go ahead. Um, about the misandry thing, yeah, it is normalized. But the reason why it was normalized as much is it's like black people being racist to white people. While on average, that average white person has never been super racist to a black guy. They still have a lot more power and being racist to a white guy is a lot less harmful than being racist to a black guy. Being racist to a black guy can lead them to jail. You can get them shot if you call the cops on them. Just like with women, you can sexually assault them easier. There's a lot of other things that make it like that. And the easiest way to reduce them being hateful towards men is evening the playing field. You can see that being the case because despite us only being feminists being in the forefront men's right activists aren't really that popular most of the problems that men's right activists have been having a problem with have been starting to close the gap like with the child protective services and i forget the um male suicide i think i'm not for mm -hmm. sure though about that one yeah no that's that's right yeah i i agree with that it's exactly right it's uh there's a power imbalance that has existed for for so long that this is uh you know an attempt to sort of even the playing field and it's reactionary. And I just think that at times that can edge towards being a bit maybe overreactionary, leading certain people to feel un, um, just unseen. Gotcha. I'm curious what you meant, Nama, when you originally mentioned the idea of like men being able to kind of slam other men uh like can you give any sort of example of what you mean i think you said like it was it in the presence of women uh no i i'm really talking more about the internet because that's where a lot of this takes place and big tech platforms like reddit and things like that where there are you know female um subreddits groups like one notably FDS female dating strategy um, where there is rhetoric on there that's very hateful toward men or about men by women. And that's sort of a lot more socially acceptable than if you have an all male space denigrating women in any way. So I don't think that either of either of us should be just denigrating the other, you know, freely. I also don't think that should be censored. And I do think that um, it should be, you know, there shouldn't be a, a double standard. I think that, you know, it should be, if it's allowed in one, it should be allowed in the other. And that's kind of what I'm referring to is more um, 
for um, a male space to make misogynistic statements, that place is more likely to be banned and considered, you know, a hotbed of radicalization, whereas we have many very toxic, I would say, female spaces. Gotcha. Okay, I see what you're mean saying. Thank you very much for that. I am curious. This is we're like switching over into a slightly different topic, and we we can come back to more of these serious kind of talks. But by the way, I want to let you know, folks, we have kind of a short show tonight. It's short and sweet, so it'll be about an hour. And I so I'm going to jump in with just another thing in terms of transitioning because this is a fascinating phenomenon. The uh, I'm curious why you guys would both guess because it's fair to say I don't know a lot about this, but I, I think I understand that incel the idea is like pretty stigmatized, right? Like, cause I had told a friend, I said, well, we're maybe going to do a discussion on incel. And she was like, Whoa, like, really? Like you do that on the channel. And I was like, well, it was like, I didn't know it was that bad. I, I don't know a lot about it, mm -hmm. I, but it does sound like I'm on the right track when it's like, it's a pretty controversial topic, right? Oh yeah. 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 It's like race realism pretty much, but they're, they are the, inferior race like they will generally think that the chads are born different like they're just superior at birth well i obviously understand that to a certain extent it's more because they were raised more easily by their parents because their parents had more money more money means that you don't have to worry about a lot of things like having a good house having food and whatnot so you can spend more time with your kid treat them how to be a proper gentleman and whatnot. But when it comes to the philosophy of the red pill, like it's, yeah, no, it's the same as being an, it's as bad as being a Nazi. Gotcha. Okay. So very, very controversial. And yet something, a strange phenomena has happened. Namely, a lot of the incel language has made it into the mainstream such that, so if anybody's, because it's become popular, a lot of people, without knowing what incel was prior to this discussion, they knew what a Chad referred to, for example. You just said Chad Nate. And I'm Ooh. so I'm curious why it is that Chads, everybody, I think a lot of people, if I'm like looking at the live chat, people know what a Chad refers to. And I'm wondering, uh, what other incel type language, is there anything else that's kind of become popular in terms of out there in terms of the mainstream that people have used that originated from incel? Um, I think it's mainly just Chad, but um, unless they know what a Stacy is, which is just like the female version of Chad of the girl that just sleeps with the rich dude. Um, mainly it was back in 2016 when all this stuff started getting popular. And that was when the right wing was starting to try to appropriate all the memes. So a lot of people that were, disaffected with politics and didn't really understand why people were saying that um, Pepe was a hasler and just found this stuff funny, probably saw it and didn't think too much about it. Gotcha. And the reason though I find it fascinating, I'm wondering like, Nama, how has this happened that it is the case that it's a super controversial group and nonetheless, much of the mainstream people have borrowed the language from incels, such as phrases uh, or terms like Chad. Well, they're catchy. <laughs> I mean, one of the things that I found really interesting about incels was the language, all the neologisms, all the terminology. And I think, you know, there is, um, Nate was right to point out uh, that the right, the extreme far right started appropriating incel language and memes. And that kind of went back and forth because the two movements, in my opinion, sort of grew together out of like a 4chan culture which was like a subversive you know very politically incorrect kind of internet culture that was largely built from the language so it's sometimes it's hard to say at least for me the etymology of these terms if it started with the incelosphere or with the far right but certainly terms like normie i hear being used also uh, people do say things like black-pilled or red-pilled, I think, without really referring specifically to incels. Um, beta, obviously, we talked about that one. That doesn't come necessarily from incels. It's in the concept of alpha and beta males, but it's been used a lot more lately, and I think it was popularized um, on incel spaces. 
Yeah. So that's fascinating that that's the case. And I, that I didn't know that alpha and beta, we use it ironically at this channel a lot. <laughs> it's not as serious as what some people uh, beta. use it. Right. That's a regular. We, I, you know, people would, here would have thought it originated maybe with Jesse Lee Peterson. But uh, do I understand right that it actually had originated from Black Cell? Maybe. No, it's, it's or... like the, it's like from the fetus community of that. It's all the way back when we used to think that wolves had the alpha male thing where the leader of the pack was the most Chad-like. But later on, we found out that it was mainly the father dog or whichever one was the elder that was the leader and not really based off of which one was most powerful. So, which has been stayed by the person that did the study themselves, if anyone is going to complain about that. Oh, interesting. Huh. That is. Well, we are. We do have about 20 minutes left of our, you could say, event tonight. And so we are going to move into the Q&A, folks, shortly. So I do want to let you know, folks, if you happen to have questions for either of our guests, please do fire them into the old live chat. And we'll try to read, read through as many as we can with the time that we have. It's short and sweet as our guests, their time is valuable and want to let you know they are linked in the description. So if you want to hear more, given that it is short and sweet tonight, you can hear more by clicking on their links below and pulling up the Q&A now. But yes, folks, do want to let you know we really do appreciate our guests. We are trying to, you could say, I want to let you know, 99% of you out there, you're pleasant, you don't attack the guests, you're phenomenal. And then there is like 1% that once in a while will attack the guests. I think it's even less than that now. And so we have, we are changing our norms and our culture is changing here at Modern Day Debate such that we are looking for, hey, attack the arguments all you want. Fair game. But we want to always remind you to attack the arguments instead of the person. And so thanks for the 99% who regularly do that. And the rest of you will be destroyed. So Bubblegum Gun, thanks for your first question. says... Have you ever seen an incel with a Chad body? Let's, I think this is a serious question, though. They say, let's not beat around the bush. The mixed economy system has provided a welfare for such genetics to breed. Oh, by the way, this is fascinating because I did recently hear from, I was listening to a geneticist talk about how allegedly more attractive people are, maybe, I don't think he was even referring to through sexual selection, but maybe more attractive people are being selected for like more likely to pass on their genes now nonetheless i'll go back to the actual question though have you ever seen an incel with a chad body is that possible that a person could be in celibate but they nonetheless have a body that is like you know brad pitt back in his prime yep and it's a very popular powerful man named hassan piker if you've heard of him <laughs> Okay, well, anyway, let's see. I, I don't know exactly who that is, but... um, He's a he's a friend of Vosh. He was um, the Young Turks. Do you know what that is? Yes. Okay, well, he did all those um, shorts for them back in the day. He's a really big Twitch streamer now. He doesn't debate as much. Early on, he did a bit, but he realized that wasn't his forte, so he just moved on with other stuff. But he calls himself an insult and whatnot, but he's, like, very good-looking. Gotcha. And, but he's he's being sincere when he says he's an incel. He's not using it facetiously? Um, half and half. He's not a virgin, but he hasn't had any for like a few years now. <laughs> this poor man. We're talking about his sex life. Uh, sorry, Hassan. We hope you're well. But Sinchefredo's Rabia has another question. and says, do you like anime? Who can ever understand? I don't know what that means. But folks, I want to let you know we are. <laughs> Let's see. Do either of you, do the guests understand that? Because I don't. Um, I think he's meaning, but yes, I do watch a good of the, some of the classics like Cowboy Bebop, Naruto, and whatnot. It's just like a, do you know what a neckbeard is? Yes. Okay. Yeah. He's trying to, he's trying to out me as a neckbeard. Oh. It's just kind of a stereotype about uh, incels liking anime. Oh. Uh, I would say many of them do, um, but you know, that's probably a, a consequence of, of being isolated and, and lonely and, you know, getting into fantasy. Gotcha. That is fascinating. And by the way, I wanted to ask, is it possible? Because I heard there's allegedly uh, controversy on whether or not, is it true that a lot of the incel people would say, namely the males, would argue that you can't be 
I what is the term for it? Fem cell that you can't be a woman who is in cell. They, would they say that's impossible because they think of women as being way more sexually desired than men? Is that do I understand? Is that a yeah. common? Yeah, it's it's harder to be a fem cell, but it's still not completely impossible. There's still plenty of girls that haven't had it, but they're too shy or a lot of other factors. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that's right. Uh, many of them don't think it's possible to be female and incel, um, just as many of them don't think it's possible to be a gay man and incel because they believe that the problem that's leading to inceldom is, you know, females being increasingly more selective and, and pickier with their mates. So females, straight females wouldn't have that problem and gay men wouldn't have that problem. Oh, that's fascinating. So would they have to let, like, would they, like, would they have to enter their little, like, the little club, uh, or in their position to be consistent, would they have to say that there could be such a thing as a person who's lesbian in cell? Because if you're a lesbian, you know, and if it's hard to attract women, because women are, according to the incel kind of philosophy, way more picky than for, le like, theoretically, it seems like lesbians, they would say, would they grant that lesbians could be in cell? I don't I've never know. asked that. I don't. I don't think they think too much about lesbians, but uh, they should probably. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, and there's. I think that they wouldn't think that mainly because they would be like, "Oh, they're both very attractive by default, so they'll both want each other, even though they are picky." So, but that's just a shot in the dark. I don't know. I've never even thought to ask them that. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> fascinating and also bubblegum gun says not saying it's all genetic but social leads genetic i don't know actually what bubblegum means in this case you guys um i he's i think he's trying to say that genetically will will be socially disposed or something which is just like silly stuff like we have been shown time and time again that 90 like a good 90 percent at least of our social upbringing is how we're shaped as a person minus like our like jawline or stuff like that unless we get plastic surgery it's like if i was raised in nazi germany there's like a good 50 50 shot i would have been a nazi but i wasn't i was grown up during the boom of the internet i got to see what anarchy really was like so i became <laughs> an anarchist Interesting. And that reminds me, there's something fascinating about that. Namely, do I remember right? So would a lot of the incel in the parochial use theory mean that namely a person would be saying it's not always genetic. It's also maybe that there's this compounding effect of the kind of social expectations of society. Namely, let's say somebody is like perceived as good looking and then the good looking person will, as a result of kind of having, kind of uh, getting this better treatment or kind of being treated in a way that might give them more confidence, that kind of like creates this, you could say, cycle or kind of... Yes. Mm -hmm. Can you explain, that, um, like Namo, in, in your words, given that you're a specialist on this, like what would, can you explain more on that, please? Well, I think that that's a general concept sort of in psychology that um you can even when they study the way parents interact with their children there's um a mutually reinforcing kind of effect of not only the parents behavior or inherent sort of traits and, and character determines how they treat the child but the child's personality traits also change the way that their parents treat them so that continues throughout life and i, I think that's true that Yes, if someone has a certain genetic makeup that leads them to be perceived as good-looking or desirable, then the way that they are have been treated throughout their life, lots and lots of positive reinforcement, leads them to be even more affable and more sort of fluid socially and more confident in all the things you just said, and the reverse is also true. That is fascinating. Really interesting. And so thanks for explaining that nama and the next question comes in from bubblegum gun as they say incel is just another outcome of socialism creating starvation but 
starvation of sex. To solve such inequality, we would have to set up sexual welfare programs. That's a fascinating idea. Have you either of you ever heard of something like this? Go ahead, Nate. Um, it's a meme within the insult community. Elliot Rogers was talking about state mandated girlfriends within his manifesto. He was like the big insult shooter. It's a joke. It's um, while there is some ideas that I have, which would kind of be like that, but nowhere near the same extent, it would just be like better sexual education instead of what we have right now, where parents can just opt out of teaching their kids about how the stuff works. If it's like that serious or whatnot, because I can see a lot of guys being worried that, oh no, sex is so scary, or they just don't know how to talk to girls. But the answer isn't just to force girls to hang out with them or guys with guys or girls with girls. Gosh. Yeah. Interesting. So I guess it would have, it seems like it's inevitable. Nama, go ahead and say anything, jump in if you want. Otherwise, like I said, because I find this fascinating, I'm like jumping in a lot. It's almost like the, as some would argue, the Pareto principle such that you see with it coming from, whether it be like resources or even podcasts today in terms of their popularity, like, it tends to be the case that 80% of the views are going to 20, let's say the top 20% of podcasts, mm-hmm. or I should say technically listens, downloads, whatever you want to say. And that idea they're saying is playing out in the in the world of dating and romance. Okay. Fascinating. Yeah. I, Pareto comes up a lot in the black pill. Um, and I think the thinking is that, well, my thinking anyway, is that, that's kind of like a natural law you know it's a statistics principle that we see in many different spheres um the problem happens when an economy a society is not Pareto efficient you know um when the matthew principle or the the rich keep getting richer the poor keep getting poorer to where it's not even 80 20 and i think that the argument sometimes is that you know, it's tipped over that point. But um, yeah, like Nate said, the idea of uh, government mandated girlfriends or sex workers is usually just just a meme, just kind of uh, said ironically. Um, but I do know some people who believe it would be a, a good solution. That's fascinating. And also this one coming in from General B says, Nama, what do you mean by fate? So I think this is maybe as early as your opening. And I, I think I had seen him in the chat. Steve had said that he's new to this. So I, I was there something maybe like a core tenet of incel that you were explaining and you had said you used the word fate in explaining? I might have. Yeah, I, I know I did use that word. I think I was just generally talking about um, the concept that well, the black pill is very fatalistic, you know, it's very deterministic. It's very much, you were born uh, with a certain number in the genetic lottery and that really predetermines your fate throughout life. It's as it was described very eloquent to me, um, not prescriptive, the black pill, but descriptive. So it doesn't tell you what to do or how to game the system as the red pill does to some extent. It's very kind of just like, this is it. This is the reality, and there's nothing you can do about it. Gotcha. Okay, that's fascinating. Thank you for sharing that as well. And then this one coming in, do appreciate. Okay, no, this is Steven Steen who says, I have to read it. Sorry, guys. Chads have nothing on James, the real alpha. All right, I'll pay you for that, Steven. I'll pay you later (laughs) for that. Deepak Ramachandran, thank you for your question. Said before there were incels, there were otakus. In Japan? No, that's otaku yeah, means that you're, it's essentially like a super nerd for like manga and anime. Well, an otaku would also be an insult. It's not the same thing at all. Or hikikimori. That's a little closer. Gotcha. Okay. So there's something, you're saying there's something in the Japanese culture, there's something like roughly equivalent to it, though it's not o- otakus? Yeah, o- otakus are. Go ahead. <laughs> They're like weeaboos in America, but they live in Japan. Gotcha. 
But there is a group called Hikikimori in Japan, which was what the original R9K was, the 4chan um, community. And that's kind of like incels. Those are adults that don't, that, you know, live with their parents, don't, you know, they're neat. The new concept of neat, not in employment or educational training. They're not in work or school. They don't have relationships. They don't have children. Uh, this population was so big in Japan at one point recently that the government actually did, you know, a countrywide survey of how many there were and estimated that, you know, by a certain year, there'd be so many that they wouldn't, the parents of this generation would sort of die off and it would be a, a big financial problem for the country. They called it the 2030 problem or something. And it's already been like showing, it's not like yeah. a, could be it's like a, we know it's happening it's really bad i've read a lot about it it's a, one of the biggest reasons why it's happening is because they don't have any immigration so even so not only are the people being like disaffected by default they're also not getting more people in instead of babies so it's like it's super compounding and if they had more people in more people would be more comfortable with more people because there will be more cultures they would understand that they're not that weird it's really simple to solve but like people still think japan is like this great place to live in it's really not yeah the interesting difference i would say between hikikimori and incels among other things is that in in japan it's not a gendered thing whereas in the rest of the world especially the west it's very much you know it's considered part of the manosphere and in japan it's it's different interesting okay thanks for that and then Ozian, thanks for your question, said, Nate, do incels consider getting coaching or counseling from professional therapists to see if it might help? No, but they should. Like I said earlier, if you're talking about the incels that were subscribed to the Red Bull and whatnot, they thought that they literally were genetically inferior, that their chins were soft. They, If you watch videos of them, they would say that, like, even when the girls, if you listen to their stories, sound like they were legitimately interested and gave them photos, the self-doubt was so deep that they thought that they were like just messing with them so they could date other people and just assume that they were cheating even when they weren't. It's a thing that they definitely should be doing, and it would help a lot with the issue. It's what I want instead of the socialism sex program. <laughs> but it's just hard to convince people that that's actually helpful. Interesting. And then, Nama, did you have anything as well? Yeah, there's a pretty big stigma, I would say, in the incel community against psychotherapy or, you know, behavioral health because, um, well, because there just is one in a lot of these communities, including in the far right and some that kind of swap back and forth, but also because of some genuinely um, pretty negative experiences that incels have had. And I do think that we should probably have um, people in the mental health field know a little bit about this condition. I think it would probably help a lot. Gotcha. Thanks for that. And this one coming in from Endo H or XD says, Nate, who is your waifu? Is it pronounced or they spelled it W A I F U and they said mine's Robin uh, from mm-hmm. One Piece. What's waifu? Uh, um, waifu, it just means a fictional character that you like a lot. Some of them take it a bit farther than others. Some have body pillows that they like to sleep with with pictures on them. I do not personally have a waifu because I just, it's just weird to me, okay? Like, I just, mm-hmm. they're like fictional characters. I'm just, I'm sorry. Gotcha. I do, I do watch that kind of stuff, if you know what I mean, Mr. Endomax, but I'm, <laughs> I don't have a waifu. Juicy. And this one coming in from Bubblegum Gun says, we might have just a, a couple of minutes left for questions that might remain. Bubblegum Gun asks, or says, there is, so what are your thoughts on this, both of you? There is a correlation between ANCOM, is that anarcho-communism, the abbreviation? ANCOM and INCEL. Yes. I think so, yeah. Uh, no, there really, there really isn't. I'm the only one that I've seen that has been open, and this is my first debate. I don't know where you got this. A lot of people that were subscribed to the red pill were part of the Donald. The red pill mm-hmm. is a term from the right. 
even though it was from a movie about the trans identity and whatnot, and that's what the red pill is supposed to mean, it's much more of a right-wing philosophy than a left-wing one. Gotcha. And Sigifredo Sarabia asks, for Nama, without double standard, uh, without a, a double standard, should women propose? Um, I think that's uh, completely up to the woman, of course. Um, and I think that when it comes to traditions and little gestures like that, that are, I would say, not really having net negative effects on society, like proposing, you know, or making the first move even to some extent. I think those are a little bit lighter and we don't necessarily have to take them as seriously there. I think personally that there will always be mm, customs that are slightly different for men and for women, even if they're just vestiges of things we carry from a long time. Gotcha. But when it comes to censorship, I, I think that's a more serious issue. Really interesting. And this one coming in, do want to I want to get your question in Team Skeptic as we do appreciate all of your support of the channel. So folks, Team was on the other night. Just was that Monday night? Yeah, Monday night. So really fun debate as well as others and Team says, "Have incels ever considered looking into their female counterparts for companionship? It would seem as if they share the same struggle." I see. Gotcha. So I think he's saying like have male incels ever considered looking into their female incel counterparts in order to uh, partner up romantically well but... back in the day it was started by a the word was made by a female incel so yes but also nowadays it's a lot more right-wing it's a lot more misogynic that's misandrous so now they're a lot more segmented and it is a thing that they should do but they really don't gotcha and thoughts nama yeah, there's uh, there's not a lot of um, patience or empathy from one group to the other, as far as I've seen. And I think that that's kind of silly and self-defeating. I think, you know, it, it would make sense for them to talk to each other. But um, the incels, the, the males tend to think that, you know, the fem cells are kind of silly or, or trivial and couldn't possibly understand their plight themselves find the incels distasteful and you know chauvinist and to some extent they both may be right <laughs> but they're probably more alike than they are different i i think one main difference though is i think there's a, a bit of an age difference between those two groups on the aggregate really i'm curious what the age like does one group tend to be an average of this age to this age versus the other yeah age? i think the the men are, are a lot younger you know kind of an early 20s median age and for the the women in forever alone or themselves it's a bit older than that maybe even like 10 years or so gotcha fascinating thanks for that and last question of the night folks we do uh, we our guests have valuable time and so we do want to respect that adam fitzgerald this is a quick one they say do you agree that southern poverty law center labeling with the southern poverty law center labeling of incels as a hate group um absolutely yes. not no i don't um, oh interesting go ahead <laughs> well it's like i said earlier the right wing did claim the word effectively i'm trying to change that but right now incel does mean r slash the red pill forever alone etc etc it is they're a lot less likely to shoot up a school they're more likely to just kill themselves but it is a hate group nonetheless We'll give you a, a chance to give your take, Nama, as I know your perspective may be different. Yeah, um, and I think it's interesting that, you know, Nate thinks that they should be. I, I guess that I certainly can understand why they would be labeled a hate group, but I don't think it's helpful to do that. Um, it, similarly, I mean, in your country, in Canada, there was a... Sorry about that. A minor who recently got, you know, a terrorism designation for a crime that the stabbing the massage parlor and some jurisdictions have taken to labeling incels as terrorist groups. Now, that's a lot more specific of a definition than hate group. Um, but I think that that's really not 
accurate. I don't think that incels have a political goal. So, you know, calling them a group that commits political violence is inaccurate. Um, basically, I just think that the the labeling and the othering and it's already, you know, somewhat of a pejorative and doing anything to sort of make it more of one or bring it under more scrutiny is just making a group that's already ostracized and feels persecuted feel more that way. And that's what I think ends up leading people to see violence as a as a recourse. You got it. And folks, I want to say we have to wrap up, but our guests are linked in the description. And that includes if you're listening via the podcast, you can find both Nate and Nama's links. And we encourage you to check them out as we really do appreciate them. So one last thank you, Nate and Nama. It's been a true pleasure to have you. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save